Welcome back to another episode of the Fun Sized Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten, and I am, of course, as always, excited to get into the episode. And so if you have listened to my podcast before, you know I like to keep it short and sweet, to the point. We just get right into the nitty gritty. But first, I have a little story to tell you guys, and it's the whole reason why I decided to talk about this topic in the first place. So I have a confession to make. I own two food scales and we recently had our cleaners come in and do their thing in our kitchen and I just so happened to pop in at the right time and they were like, okay, we just need to know. We get why you have one food scale, but why do you have two and why are they both out on the counter? So I had to explain to them that my boyfriend and I both use the food scale pretty often, pretty religiously. And we got tired of waiting on each other for it, especially around dinner time, because we would cook our food, prepare our food, and we'd be like, okay, let's make plates. And then like one of us would be standing there and making sure that everything's perfect. And it was just like, like, why don't we just get another one? Because they're relatively cheap and we wouldn't have to wait on each other and all that good stuff. So we ended up getting two and now they both live on our counter and they rotate around the kitchen depending on where we need them. But We have two, and that is that. But honestly, not a day goes by that I don't use my food scale. Except when I'm on vacation or traveling or something like that. I actually have taken my food scale on vacation with me in the past, but that was when I was competing, and that was a different goal, and that was a different time of my life. But I no longer do that. I am not that girl. I do not suggest that to my clients, so you can kind of sit back and relax now. But seriously, food scales are probably the most underrated kitchen tools out there, and they shouldn't be. They are relatively cheap, and they just are super helpful. And it's not just because I have an unrelenting passion for meal prep and macro counting and nutrition in general. I use my food scale for all of my cooking and baking measurements, so even on things that I'm not tracking. So like if I'm baking a cake or if I'm baking... I don't know, my dog's dog treats. I still use the food scale because it's so much easier and it's just so much more accurate than using traditional measuring cups and spoons. As my chef-trained boyfriend loves to tell me, baking is a science. Being short on a tablespoon of flour can make or break some recipes. And as you probably already know from my never-ending posts, reels, blogs, and podcast episodes, I truly believe that every little gram matters for us petite women under 5'3". And being off a few grams on the weight of your food means that you're off a few grams on your macros, which could be the difference between seeing progress and not seeing progress. So if you really want to see those changes in your body composition, like lean out, get stronger kind of thing, I highly suggest measuring out your portions with a food scale before you chow down. So forget those measuring spoons and those measuring cups. That's like the snail mail way of measuring things. First off, the last thing I want or even have time to do is wash 12 measuring spoons. Just think about how much extra cleaning time that adds to the cooking process alone. Like sometimes it feels like I'm cleaning more than I'm cooking. And so I'm always looking for ways I can cut down on the things that I have to clean. And a food scale helps me do just that. 
But more importantly than saving time, measuring cups and spoons leave us with nothing but a good chance of human error. So more often than not, we end up taking a heaping scoop of things. I am so guilty of this. Like, if I'm going to take a cup of rice... You bet that thing's gonna be heaping. And especially with peanut butter, I remember the first time I weighed out what I thought was a tablespoon of peanut butter, I was pretty damn heartbroken, to be honest, because I was way off from the 16 grams that are listed on the label. And same thing goes for protein powder. The first time I ever weighed what I thought to be a perfectly level scoop with the scoop that it actually came with, and I found out that I was way over on what was listed, it just made me realize like, well, if I'm off this one time, then how many other times was I off? And oh my God, how inconsistent have I been this whole time thinking that I was doing everything perfectly, but really it was all over the place. So if you're taking the time to log your foods, you might as well be as accurate as you possibly can. And the best way to do that is by using a food scale. You might have once thought that using a food scale could be tedious and time-consuming, but I'm here to tell you, you won't have to dig through your cabinets and your drawers to find the right size measuring cup. Oh my god, that would irk me so bad when I'm like, where the hell is it? And you'll have fewer measuring spoons to wash. Again, I do not have the time or patience for all of that. It's the reason why we have cleaners. And it's just a hell of a lot faster. Did I say that already? Like, come on guys, it's just so much faster. Less cleanup and just way easier to measure. Now I know that this might sound silly, but I do really wanna go over the instructions for using a food scale, especially when building out a meal. Because we're here, I'm talking about it, I might as well. So starting with the obvious, you have to have a food scale. So there are so many choices to choose from on Amazon and they are all relatively cheap. I'm talking under $25. So I'll link the one that I currently use in the show notes for you guys. And maybe I'll sprinkle in a few others if I feel up to it. So when you have your food scale, here is how you do it. So step one is you place your bowl, your plate, or your meal prep container on the food scale itself. Then you zero out the scale by using the tar or tear, I don't even know how to say it, that button, whatever it is, or the corresponding function key, whichever it is, and make sure you toggle to the appropriate measuring unit. So most scales allow you to toggle between grams and ounces. Some even include milliliters and fluid ounces. The one I use does. I rarely use these though. I personally prefer to measure almost everything, almost, in grams as it's the smaller of the two measuring units and therefore ever so slightly more accurate. But whether you use grams or ounces, they are both more accurate than measuring cups or just simply guessing. And whether you use grams or ounces, it's important to stay consistent with each time you measure that specific food. For example, if you measure your dry oatmeal in grams, then you should probably always measure your dry oatmeal in grams. There's no need to switch back and forth and back and forth. Okay, that's step two. Step three is to add your first ingredient to the plate, the bowl, whatever it is you're using until you reach your desired amount. So let's say my first ingredient is a chicken breast, then I'm gonna cut it up 
and then I'm gonna put some pieces on the scale and if I go over my four ounce measurement that I'm looking for, then I can always cut some off or take some away and make sure that I'm exactly where I need to be. Then step four, I zero out the food scale again while the chicken is already on there, it's fine. And then I will add the next thing, let's say that's rice, and I will add as much rice as I need. Again, I will take away some if I have to. And then I keep repeating this process until I have everything that I need. Now, some foods change weight when you cook them, including meats and grains. So should you weigh them raw or should you weigh them cooked? This is a great debate in the fitness nutrition world and there's a long and a short answer here. The short answer is that if you weigh your food in its cooked form, then you should log your food as a cooked entry. Or if you log your food in its raw form, then you should weigh it in its raw form. Whichever is the most convenient for you at the time is the short answer which means that it will depend on what the food is. If I'm measuring oatmeal, as my example before, I will measure it dry and then log it dry and then I cook it. Since oatmeal absorbs water when it cooks and I don't always use the same amount of water, the weight of the end result will always be slightly different, but the dry measurement will always be the same. But sometimes I can't measure things before it's cooked. So I'll measure it in its cooked form and log it as its cooked entry. For example, if I'm roasting a whole chicken, but I'm only probably gonna eat the breast, I can't exactly weigh only the chicken breast raw unless I cut it off. But by that time I wouldn't be roasting a whole chicken, so why not just buy a pack of chicken breasts and grill them as is, right? Like it just doesn't make sense. So in this case, I would weigh my portion cooked and then I would log it in my fitness pal as roasted chicken breasts. Like I would make sure that the entry in there is in its cooked form. Which brings us to the longer answer, which is this. When you cook some foods, the food actually changes in weight. Like meat tends to shrink and grains tend to expand. The end result isn't always the same weight because the exact amount of water loss or water gain depends on how you cook your food. Like if you were to cook a steak, some of the moisture in the meat will be released when you cook it. That's why you often see a little puddle of liquid in the bottom of the pan when you pull your meat out of the oven. The more you cook meat, the drier the meat can get and the less weight it will have on the scale. So if you have a five ounce raw piece of meat, it's possible it'll cook down to 4.2 ounces or four ounces or even 3.5 ounces if it's overdone. Those are all very different measurements, but they were all once five ounces, so it's more accurate to measure it in its raw form. And the opposite happens with something that starts out dry like rice and it absorbs water during cooking. Differences in preparation can influence how much a serving of rice weighs by the time you're done cooking it. So all this means is that weighing the food raw and using the entry for the raw weight is usually more accurate. But to be fair, not all foods change that much. Like like if we're talking green beans raw versus green beans cooked, they really don't vary that much in weight. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes you just don't have the option of measuring it raw and therefore measuring it cooked is your best option and is the most accurate option that you have. An educated guess is still better than nothing. So the truth of the matter is, 
We won't always be perfect, but we can be as close as we can, and that's really the whole goal. So just do the best you can with what you've got, and you'll be golden. Mmm, you know what I love more than having abs? Pancakes. But now there's this trend of companies who want you to have the best of both worlds, so they created mixes that contain a much better ratio of protein to carbs than those heart attack stacks you'll find at IHOP. Believe me, I feel like I've tried them all, but my favorite, hands down, is Pancakes Pancakes, whose six amazing flavors are high in flavor, high in protein, low in carbs, and low in fat. Not only do they make fantastical fluffy flapjacks, but wonderful waffles and magnificent muffins. What can I say? I've got a thing for alliteration, okay? Anyway, give them a whirl by going to pancakespancakes.com and take 10% off your order by using coupon code FUNSIZED at checkout. Weighing foods in the traditional way is simple, but this method is a total game changer. It actually took me a few years to figure this one out, and I only figured it out because I saw it on a post or a video. I don't even remember where I saw it, but I saw it and was like, oh my god, why didn't I think of that? Since I am a visual learner, and I know that a lot of you are too, I actually included a video in my blog post on this topic, and I'll link that in the show notes as well so you can check it out, but I'm still gonna walk you through it here too. So reverse tearing, tarring, I still don't know which word that is. Reverse weighing is the measuring hack you've been waiting for for all those super tedious items like peanut butter oil and things like that. So here's how to do it. You place the entire jar of peanut butter with the cap off on the food scale. So it's ready to go. Then step two, you zero out the scale. Step three, take a knife, spoon, or your finger, no judgment, to slowly remove some of that creamy goodness. Step four, the number on the scale will be negative, and that will tell you how much peanut butter is missing from the jar. So keep going until you reach the desired amount you were aiming for, and remember, you can always put some back if you go over. Another time this method comes in handy is when you have a hot skillet that needs a little bit of oil, or if you're adding to the crock pot that won't fit on your food scale, you can do this as well. So let's say you need oil. Place the entire bottle of oil on the food scale, zero it out, remove the bottle, and then add the oil to the pan or the pot slowly because it's very easy to overdo it. And then place the bottle back on the scale. The number on the scale will be negative and that will tell you how much oil is missing from the bottle and that'll tell you how much you used. I will say that this method works best for times that you don't need exact measurements. Like if you need exactly five grams of oil, I wouldn't recommend doing it this way. But if you were like, okay, I just need like about a tablespoon, that's a good way to do it. Speaking of the crock pot though, I have a hack for this one too. So weigh all of your most commonly used bowls and pots and inserts empty and write it down somewhere. This will make it so much easier to weigh a bulk recipe and divide it into servings. So for example, I measured my Instapot insert and wrote the grams and ounces in Sharpie on the outside of the insert. So I'm talking about like the metal tin kind of container thing. And I didn't write it on the inside where it touches the food and I didn't write it on the outside where all the buttons are, but I wrote it on the part that you basically never see until you go to clean it. 
So I have the weight of it there. So when I make a big recipe like the white bean chicken chili in my fun size recipe library, I know that I'm dividing that specific recipe up into six servings. So once it's all cooked, I need to know the weight of the full thing to divide by six. But since I don't want to make another container dirty, I'll weigh the whole thing, subtract the weight of the insert written on the side, divide that by six, and voila, I have my portion size. So let's say that's 330 grams, which means I will weigh out 330 grams into individual containers and I am all set for the week. And while I'm at it, one last bonus tip here. If you really wanna eliminate all cleanup, put a sheet of plastic wrap, tinfoil, or parchment paper down on the food scale. Hell, you can even use paper plate if you want to. Do this to quickly portion out raw meat and other stuff that would leave a mess and then just crumple it up and toss it out and you've got this quick and simple method where you don't have to clean anything at all. So I hope you find these tiny but mighty tips and tricks helpful. Let me know if you learned anything new, try them out, or if you have any questions. I'm always hanging out on Instagram, so message me there at funsized.nutrition. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. Are you hungry for some meals and treats in the perfect petite portions for your fitness goals? I got you covered, girl. Download my free fun size recipe library filled with over 36 recipes made for a petite by a petite. Just go to funsize.life recipes for free entry to my collection of healthy recipes.